Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Money Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's. Here we are. We had we had a crazy ass game last night. <laughs> we let's go ahead. Anyway, yeah. Let's just you can stop. All right. So, yep, we had a great game last night. Um, the Clippers beat the Suns one sixteen to one oh two. In this one, Paul George went crazy. Career high playoff points, forty-one from, thirteen rebounds, six assists on fifteen of twenty shooting. Reggie Jackson with twenty-three and Marcus Morris with twenty-two as well. And for the Suns, just not enough. Devin Booker thirty-one on nine of twenty-two shooting. Chris Paul twenty-two points, eight assists on eight of nineteen. More points for them, but still very inefficient. So, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this game as the Clippers now are down 3-2 with this win, heading home? I thought it was a <clears throat> – I thought it was a very impressive win for the Clippers. To start the game, Marcus Morris in the first quarter couldn't miss. He was 6 of 7 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 13 points, 12 from Reggie Jackson. And I was wondering, like, okay, the Clippers are up by 10 after the first quarter, but can they sustain this? So you go to the second quarter, Paul George and Reg and Marcus Morris lead them with eight and seven, respectively, four or five for Paul George, two or three for Marcus Morris. But I'm thinking, okay, they got six from DeMarcus Cousins. That's not going to be sustainable. So the Suns really have a chance to, to stay in this game and, and you know, kind of win in the second half. So third quarter comes, Paul George goes unconscious, seven of eight from the field, 20 points. Had another 10 in the fourth quarter, and that was good night. So it was really – it simply came down to Paul George finally having an efficient night because he's had his big nights, but for the most part it's been on inefficient shooting. And you shoot 75% from the floor, 50% from three, 100% from the free throw line. Like, there's no really – I mean, he did turn over the ball six times, so – if you did look at anything, it would be that. But there's really nothing to really knock Paul George from this game. You really, he really had honestly probably the best game of his career with the. Well, they were they were trying at first. <laughs> they were trying to at first. <laughs> the announcers were on him. <laughs> they were like, he's not doing anything. But hey, man, <laughs> as, we see, as we see. He had to pace himself, as we've as we've stated before. He mm-hmm. um he leads the league in playoff minutes by far. Like I think the next one is Reggie Jackson with two less games played, two whole yeah. less games played. So Paul George is like by far the leading you know playoff scorer. And one thing we saw like last year, right? Last mm-hmm. year it would be like Paul George would go off in the first half. And then even, like, I feel like throughout his career, even, he would go off in, like, the first half and in the second half, he would kind of disappear. But it's been a switch this season. He's definitely, you know, been keep, at least since the injury, of course, since the Kawhi injury. But it feels like now at this point, he just kind of saves himself in the first half. Or sometimes he, he's just bad in the first half. But it seems like he just in the second half has been when he's turned it up more. And that's why they've been doing so much better in this recent stretch, even without Kawhi. It's because he's gonna, been an amazing second half player. What? He has been bad this series. 
this game, he was great. This series, he has not been pacing himself. He's been shooting like nine for 20. Not not nine for 20, like nine. For I was about to say nine for 20 ain't that bad. He shot nine for 26 a couple games. And then he shot five for 20 last game. He's been pacing himself. Now, this game, he's been great. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson came out the first quarter crazy because he was bad in the first quarter. Yeah, I was I was about to yeah, I was about to I mean he was turning the ball over a little bit, but in that's terms the worst of thing form, you can do as we've stated on this podcast multiple times. He's he's turned but at least he it's not like Rondo going out there, three turnovers, zero points, zero assists, zero anything. No, he wasn't Ron, he wasn't Rondo hasn't touched the floor <laughs> since then. So no, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean you feel me? Yeah, Marcus Marcus Morris really came out there crazy. You straight looking like Chris Middleton in um game, whatever the game it was. But he was straight looking like Chris Middleton at the end of that game. And you feel me? Marcus Morris just got those powers and <laughs> started turning up in the first in the first half. And then Paul George sealed it off in the second half. And you feel me? We know Devin Booker is has been, you know, being heavily guarded by Patrick Beverly. And Terrence, Terrence Mann and all them, you know, they're putting all their attention on him. And he's trying. He obviously had that amazing first game. But since then, he hasn't been able to, you know, really recreate that performance. And, again, he's trying to. He definitely is. But I kind of snapped early in this one, for real. Yeah, but like, then towards the end. Yeah. But. Well, that's because. That's why he's not, that's why he's not the MVP candidate, though. Yep. And, that's where I was going with that. And that's why, <laughs> and that's why, you feel me? If if he's gonna get all the MVP love, if everybody gonna be like he's the he is the answer. Not I'm not saying y'all from like the media, a lot of the media, a lot of Twitter was trying was trying to push him in this MVP conversation. And you feel me? This this is MVP type moments. You know what I mean? And if if you see if you see your your best scorer struggling. This is your time to step up. And he did shoot eight for 19 from the field, which isn't terrible. He had eight assists, which is good. Like He didn't play particularly bad, but he didn't play like the MVP that everybody's trying to force him to be. This and, just, to me, games like this, and really this whole series is kind of to me proved why I don't really trust the Suns, but the issue is, is, you know, I mean, they're still up 3-2 in the series, right? So they just got to find a way to squeak out another one somehow. But this series, you kind of see it. They don't have really closers. Nope. I mean, I, I don't. That's something we've hinted at all year. Yeah, we, yeah we've yeah we known it all year. I, I said it when I, you know, again, a lot of this does go back to Fry 2K, so apologies. But play with them in 2K, and I was like, bro, no one on this team is doing it. And then – you watch certain moments, like even in the Lakers game six, when Devin Booker went crazy, the Lakers slowly were coming back into that game because um, I watched like all of it. And I was like, why are the Lakers only down like 13 right now? And then Chris Paul ended up being the one who did it. But Devin Booker had like 44. He had like 46 that game. And he only had two in the fourth. Like yeah. shit like that. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and this is, it's like a consistent theme. Now in game one, Devin Booker closed it. But in games two, 
and four, it was more the Clippers losing it, you know? And yeah. I was about that nauseam, you know, about the miss free throws. But again, the, the thing is, as much as, you know, the media destroyed Paul George, I don't think we did it that much here, not even as much as we did in the regular season, to be honest with you. Dom is going to avoid slandering Paul George any means necessary, so he didn't talk about it at all. Um, <laughs> And I'm not going to do it that much because here's the fact of the matter. You know, I wanted to give him superstar label and I still, he, he right there, but things he's not, you, you really can't do it alone. This may be the one year you kind of can with everything going on, but like you, you really can't do it alone. And I'm and you watch every game Booker and Chris, well, every game they've both been there. Booker and Chris Paul just both really not close. Now, whether they win yeah. the game or not, it's going to have to do with the Clippers' execution. But we saw that. And, and like you said, go ahead. And something that, you know, I've been hinting at the entire season is just that the Suns have been by far of every team this year just the healthiest team. And that's really all is that's, – that's really what's, what's been carrying them this whole entire stretch. Like, you know – I know Darnell put made the Warriors point, you know, made the Warriors point that one time, well, last podcast, but um, you feel me? The difference with that one, though, was that, yeah, they were like, they they went through all them injury injured teams, but they did have like by far the best record in the league. It was like 67 and 15. They were 67 and 15. That was the first, that was before the, um, the 79 year, obviously. They went 67 and 15. The next best team was like 58 and, and whatever they were. So you feel me? They at least showed that through the regular season, they were the best team. Like Phoenix didn't even have the best record and they were the most healthiest team and they were the healthiest team of every team there. That's why I kind of was like, eh, I don't know if they're really that. <laughs> like, again, everybody was trying to give Chris Paul the MVP and I was like, bro, his team just hasn't been hurt. And everybody was like, because the Suns were bad last year. And again, I always made the point, Aiton wasn't there for a month and he played every single game this year. Or he might have missed like one or two. But they all, him, Booker, and um, him, Booker, and Chris have all played at least 70 games last year. So really, they were just winning based off their health. And obviously, health is important, but when you start playing healthy teams and this team isn't even healthy, obviously they're missing their best player and two of their centers, but <laughs> they're still, they're still struggling with them and they're barely beating them. So whoever they wind up playing in the finals, might, that might be a problem. I don't know if they get into the finals, dude, dude, if there's ever a guy who can blow a three, one lead. Yeah. It's Chris Paul. That's definitely true. Also, that's when you talk about healthiest teams, that's a ticking time bomb that will go off by the end of this whatever. I mean, Chris Paul did kind of hurt his shoulder that one game, but against the Lakers. Yep. But since then, he's been – I mean, it helps when, you you know, they the other guy gets hurt. So then you can at least play, and then you play the Nuggets. That's a sweep. Now and then you play. And then they're and then the team you're playing now, their best players hurt. <laughs> well, no, and then you get to sit for ten more days because not only did you sweep them, I mean, you did have COVID, oh, yeah. but that's rest yeah. older at least. Yeah. 
but he was snapped in the Nuggets series regardless. Um, but again, there's no pressure. Well, I don't know if Jamal was there. Apparently, Jamal's a good defender, so I don't know if no, Chris I'm Paul saying would. I'm saying that with the shoulder, regardless, he was snapping the series. Not he would have. I don't think. No, I'm not saying he would have done it regardless whether or not. Oh, okay. I think if Jamal's there, bro, I told you, Jamal's there, the Nuggets would be in the finals. They would have been the finals team. Jamal was there. That's my opinion. But, hey, is what it is. Now, back to this game. I just, they were, Zubat's injury came down randomly at like two. And I was talking yeah. to people. And I was like, yeah, the Clippers are going to win this game. And then I saw Zubat's injury and I was like, I don't know now. Because as we saw, he was going out there pretty much averaging 15 and 15, right? He was yeah. Snapping. He was doing all the little things. But then, bro, the game started and I was like, crap. I forgot. This is their best lineup. This is exactly how they got to this point. And I don't know what it was. Tyler must have been holding it in, whatever. I don't know why I didn't go to it earlier. But what it did was it took, in my opinion, best center in the league and made him obsolete. So for this is the reason that he's not the best center in the league, obviously. It's because he can't score on this type of defense on the small ball where at least Embiid and Jokic can score. But nobody else, no other centers in the league can score, so I'll put him third. But, um, no, they went small. They took him out the paint, and what they did was they kept running screens, running screens, running screens, trying to get Marcus Morris, you know, on a pick and pop. And as the sun saw it, they would switch it. Huh? He was trying. They were trying to get him on Devin Booker. (laughs) No, that's not – well, everybody first finish. I tried to do it first was get him on that, but Devin Booker is on Pat Bev. So that's how they would start the action. And then as opposed to Aiton being behind Marcus Morris as he's running around off of Pat Bev's screen, they would just switch it. And they just switched it every time. And Marcus Morris saw it every time, and they just kept going to it, kept hitting turnarounds. At that point, when he started doing – and Reggie was snapping too whenever they didn't go to that. Whenever they get a stop, Reggie in transition was crazy. Um, so with those – both of those things at play, yeah, I mean, the flow of the game was a lot better, obviously, than the 84-80 game. And even though the Suns could score a little bit, the Clippers' whole offense was back to being unlocked. Went out there, shot 54% from the field. Still really didn't hit threes. They were 10 for 30 out there from deep. But, again, it was really just the efficiency of everyone. Marcus Morris, 9 for 16. Reggie, 8 for 14. Paul George, five of 20. They only had nine turnovers. And, you know, just the flow of the whole game was really back for them. The Suns had 14 turnovers. They only shot three four percent. I have a question. Okay. Do you think that – Really tough to let me finish, isn't it? Hey, man, you interrupted me too, so. But <laughs> my question is, do you I'm think – moderator. It's a little different. Do you think that Bam – do you think that Bam would have been able to um no do anything with this offense? I mean no. with the with the defense? No. Okay. Negative. It's a little de- you can guard the mid post. Bam's best defensive performance, remember, was guarding Giannis. Yeah. You can guard the mid or or like an Embiid. Guarding the mid post and getting out to the three point line. Because once you're out there. The whole problem with this is once you're out there, they got Marcus, they got Reggie, they got Paul. 
they all can go to the basket. Yeah. And the other smart thing the Clippers did was the second eight and left. My man Ty Lue finally got one, man. He finally got his cousin's win. Yeah, there you go. And out there with 15 and 11 minutes, he said, he said, the second you put starts in this fucking game, every (laughs) second I see starts out there, all 11 minutes, guess you playing right with him, DeMarcus Cousins. Right there, looking him right in his eyes. Score his table. Yep. He was like, 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 we found one guy he can be out here with, and it's him. Bro, Sarge was taking the worst shots when he went out there, too. I was like, oh, man, you can't be an offensive and defensive liability, bro. Sarge was somehow a plus eight, and I don't know I was going to say, he was a plus eight. How did that happen? I don't know, and Cousins was a plus six, so I really have no idea. Wow, he had the he was the only positive, him and Payne. <laughs> That's a that's incredible, honestly. Yep, eight and minus twenty-two. Yeah, mall balled him to death. And between when the Clippers plus eighteen, just being out there, this is just a this a man. Thing a is, bad situation. You're gonna you're gonna. <laughs> thing is though, in order for this to work, they're all gonna have to hit their shots. And I don't know if that's going to be, you know, sustainable. But they've yet to hit threes. They yeah. hit them once the series, and maybe like 20. Well, they're about to go home next game, so hopefully. Yeah, the difference in this one was they just took a little less. I mean, they took 30. I think they normally take like 35, 40-ish. But they took a little less. And I mean, you know. More, it's it's really, it's going to be interesting to see what the Suns try to do to counter it. But it's like, Aiton is suddenly a liability out there. That's why you go small. It's yeah. the whole point. And if Aiton's a liability, Crowder low-key becomes kind of a liability too. And then that's where it snowballs. And I mean, I don't. Darno, what are your thoughts on how Chris Paul has played? Because I don't know if I want him shooting it 19 times. I don't know why he keeps doing it. But yeah, I was I was gonna say the same thing. Like I don't want Chris Paul shooting the ball 19 times. Obviously, I like DeAndre Aiden to get more than nine attempts. He was five of nine, which isn't terrible. So he had 11 rebounds, 10 points. He had a double double, but he needed more from DeAndre Aiden, especially with the injury to Zubac and. For the Clippers to go small, they're like like you said, like they're attacking, they're gonna attack Aiden like they did uh Rudy Gobert. So he's gonna have to counter that with some offense of his own. And Chris Paul is gonna have to offer up some assists, like some more assists. Like Aiden Aiden is great, but it's still not enough. He needs to get those assist numbers up, he needs to get those field goal attempts down, and he if he's gonna he can't take his like he was 0 for six from three, like yeah, I think he settled. Exactly. He settled too much, mm-hmm. so it's just gonna be a different. Have to be a different approach from Chris Paul in Game Six. Hey man, in today's <clears throat> in today's NBA, it's hard to you know be a great team when you're a quote unquote best player because people are you know claiming he's the best player when your best player is sixteen and nine. 
it's just you feel me. You need something better than that. Dom's yeah. just coming with the shots on the Suns today. Man. It's not yeah. at the Suns. It's not at the Suns. <laughs> it hasn't been at the Suns at all. <laughs> it's been the same shot it's been all season. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a believer saying. in Chris Paul. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, but well, I'm just saying though, and it, when when that's your you know best player on your team, then it, it's going to be harder to you know finish with other teams because if he's going to be the closer and everything too, and the facilitator and all that, he just got to be a better scorer. And he's not an amazing scorer. Like he has his flashes. Obviously, he had the um 36 that one game but for the most part he's not like a <laughs> amazing score he's a great I'll even say he's a great score but in order to close his game if, if Booker's just gonna be locked up you feel me he gotta be an amazing score and he just hasn't been that even 22 is cool for real but not on 19 shots bro That's terrible <laughs> it's not terrible but it's not good the biggest issue is the six threes, like we talked about. Yeah. Bridges can't get two threes up and you get six. That just can't happen. That's just not the offense. It's not how it's designed to be run. Crowder was asked. He was over four. He's got, you know, but we know he'll hit some. But, like, you just – this is just not the way it's supposed to be run. And the, the bigger problem with this whole thing, the biggest issue is that Chris Paul is trying to be campaign. Yeah, better, and that was the whole <laughs> issue. <laughs> I was about whole, to. Whole I was about to say that too. It's just if campaigns always going to be the positive, like every single time, and Chris Paul's going to be the negative. Two and zero when he was starting. It's what they were. They were two and zero when he started. Can't get better than two and zero, man. No. Tough scene, sons. Hey, but they still got the they still got the lead right now, so I'll, I won't lose faith in them yet. They about to blow this three one lead. I'll say it. It smells like it. Every game. By the way, I didn't know this. Well, I knew this, but I didn't say this. In those first four games where the Suns led three one, the Clippers actually had four hundred and three points to the Suns four hundred. They were outscoring them already. And they weren't using their best lineup or their best. Player. I mean, that's not surprising given the. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> it's not surprising. It's just the facts. Yeah, facts are Clippers have been playing better. They just lost two of them. Yeah, and now they're about to use their best lineup. <laughs> Luckily, really lucky that game too. Um, lost really for the for the the Suns because I think it. It had been like 2-2 when they saw this, they'd be done. But now they have two games. Mike Williams has two games trying to figure this out, right? Mm. Got to do it. Yeah. You know he's a great coach. Can he figure this out? I think, and, and I'm looking at it, the whole issue with it is one way you can figure it out is you, you take Aiton out and you put in like campaign. You just go small with them and you score with them. I don't know if you can do that. Aiden's yeah. Important. The real way you solve it, the real way you solve it. They're not doing it. And so. they're not doing it. They can't do it. 
<laughs> he about to make not the MVP. He about to make one sixty mil. <laughs> not the MVP. <laughs> it's a bad situation. I heard people to make it worse. About- Cam Johnson's five for six. He really doesn't miss. Yeah, he hasn't really missed this series, and and but like I I said this about Booker before. Booker's not a great three point shooter, and he shot four of six today. I don't know if you're going to rely. I don't know if you can rely on that a lot. He's not really. I think he's like a thirty five percent three point shooter in in the regular season. No, I told you Booker snaps. That's why I thought they were going to win the game. But then Paul George saw him snap, and he started doing it too, and that's really what it was. Yeah. I was the first person who was like, all right, take Paul out when they were losing the lead in the second quarter. Take Paul out, put Reggie in, tired of watching it. But when everyone was out there and the offense was flowing, Paul George is saying, I'm going to take 20 shots. But we like that 15 for 20, whatever that 5 for 20. So, you know what? Go ahead. Hey, man. I mean, nobody else. Nobody but it's, it's also easier when there's no Zubats out there for him. Yeah. This is, this is the Paul George we were seeing at the end of the last series when they went small again. Um, to beat the Jazz, you know, and we we kind of all wondered like, what the hell happened? Why is he suddenly? I mean, missed free throws, obviously, whatever. But we're like, why is he like struggling efficiently? Why is he turning the ball over? It's a little easier when everyone just spreads the court and you just get a one on one with a straight line to the basket. So yeah, that's what he's seeing now, and this is this is a this is why I'm saying the song's about Kessa's L, man, because now we already know what the problem was. And it, hey, Paul George might not be in any more clutch situations. He might just have to do what he does. Because <laughs> he also took a lot less threes. He only took six this game. Because yeah. the lane is wide open now. Yeah. And he didn't miss a free throw. So there you go. Yeah. Nah, Tyloo Tyloo definitely figured out figured it out with the Zubach. With the Zubach. I mean, not the Zubach, with the um, Batum. Thing in the um in the Maverick series, mm-hmm. but then Marcus Morris is just a better three point shooter than him. So and Pat Bev can play. That's really be- yeah. And Pat yeah. Bev can play against the series because he's necessary in the starting lineup to go against Booker. So you feel me? It really does just change everything. Because again, Pat Bev can make his threes too. So you really can't sag off of anybody. Nope. All right, guys, let's get into it. Best of the day. Best player, highlight, and dickhead of the day. Darn, I'm going to start with you. You're crazy. So, for my player of the night, I got to go with Paul George. 41 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. All-around floor game on display. We A lot of people give him crap when he's bad, so I got to give him the love when he's good. So, I'm going there. For my highlight of the night, I'm going back to Paul George, that 20-point third quarter. It was just – he had the whole game – like, he just had everything on display tonight. Like, no other way to put it. Um, that's the that's the best of Paul George that you're going to get when he can play it like, like he did this game. And I think he proved that he's worthy of staying in the club with the Clippers because the way he could have folded this playoffs, um, they would have – probably explored trading him in the offseason and I wouldn't be surprised because they would have had to do so to retain Kawhi Leonard. So I'm like so I'm a you know give credit to Paul George from, from bouncing back. And for my dickhead of the night, 
I'm gonna be nice. I don't have any dickheads. No one did anything egregious. <clears throat> Dom. Obviously, I gotta go with the historic performance from Paul George. I think they said that this is the first time in NBA history anybody shot 75% from the field, 50% from three, and hundred percent from the free throw line. And on top of it, this was also his um this is his playoff career high. As we've mentioned before, I think it was like 38 before, but now it's at 41. So you feel me? He had he had the best game of his playoff career ever last night. And especially, and it's crazy. It came exactly when they needed it the most, man. We've always talked about how, you know, at least for the past, in the past, he was generally a really bad elimination game player. But as soon as, every time eliminations come this time, you feel me? Even if it's not the scoring, like I think the, um against the Mavericks, he had the, he had all those assists. I think he had like 20 and 10 or something like that. But he's just been finding a way to do it. And you feel me? He, 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 they got the Suns. They got the Suns in a bad situation right now. So I'm gonna um, give it to Paul George for that. Um, what's it called? Highlight of the night. Hmm. Let's see. I don't, I don't specifically have one. Darnell kind of took mine. So, <laughs> but um, dickhead, I'm gonna give it to the announcers for for being ready. They were just too ready and too willing <laughs> to jump on that man throw in like the in like the in like the second quarter. They were like, "He's not doing anything. He he, he this it, this is gonna be another Paul George, another bad Paul George." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" They was they were just ready to jump at him. So I'm gonna give it to them. All right, my player of the day obviously goes to Paul George. Man, unanimous. Paul George player of the day. Um, he was amazing. 41, 13, and 6. It was really strange, honestly, just like, you know, that he just didn't miss. It was like, I don't even know how to explain it really. It was like, damn, he's just not going to miss. But he also wasn't taking crazy shots. And I think that's what it was. He was just, everything was just in rhythm, compact. It was going. He was really, he looked like, what they brought him to be there, which is like a lesser version of Kawhi. And on this night, they made yep. everything Kawhi did um, against the Mets. So definitely give Paul George credit for that. He was amazing. My highlight of the day, late in the fourth quarter, um, after Paul George did his damage, Reggie started going off, and then he capped it off with the second explosive dunk of the night. Um, so that was crazy. Me just sent the – it was like one of the, it hit, two of his dunks looked straight like animation dunks. I was like, "Damn, Reggie!" Like through people, like there was nothing you were gonna do to stop it. I was just like, "I forgot about that dunk." That dunk was crazy, up. wasn't it? In the fourth, I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell!" That was a that was a fuck you dunk. He just dunked the shit out of the ball. I was like, oh my. "It was like after he hit a three too." I was like, "Damn, Reggie!" And that dunk really was like, all right, game over. See ya. There's nothing they can do now if he's just going through that. Um, and my dickhead of the day, it goes to it goes to DeMarcus Cousins. Because everyone else was talking about the media and they were like, you know, 
Ty Lue was like, yeah, I don't really understand it. We know Ty Lue's gotten shit on by the media, so he understands it, right? You know, I don't understand it. Even Paul George is like, yeah, I get criticized a little bit more than everybody else. I don't necessarily know if that's true. I just think when they criticize him, it's more for comedic reasons than anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't get yeah. criticized more. He does get criticized differently. Like, when people criticize LeBron, it's like, oh, LeBron do better. When it's KD, it's like, oh, KD do better. This Paul just like, ah, ha, 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 playoff pig. You know what I mean? It's a little more yeah, disrespectful. Yeah. I'll give you that. I don't think it's I don't think it's more – I don't think it's necessarily a more of a – more people doing it. You know what I mean? See, when, when it's LeBron, it just be like, ha, that's why you're not better than Jordan type thing. It always be like, ha, but you're still like the second greatest player of all time. <laughs> well, like, let's be fair. Paul George isn't LeBron. I mean, of course. So Paul we George, also honestly – go ahead. We also watch Kawhi get criticized this postseason. Luka yeah. scores – 39 point triple doubles, and we're like, hey, you got to do it in the fourth. You got to hit your free throws. This is everybody. But yeah. with Paul George, he kind of did it to himself with the playoff Pete thing. He did give himself a nickname. You give yourself a nickname, you open yourself to that. But to his credit, he again, he wasn't crying about it. Hey, man, Paul George with his wife, bro, he'd be really on some chill shit. He's like, you know, no point to complain, blah, blah, blah. I do. He said that he gets criticized more. And I, I can see why he would believe that. It's definitely different. It's definitely disrespectful because he gets it on the court, too. It's kind of crazy. We've seen that as well. So I see why he would say that and think that. And that's not even him being sensitive. It's like, damn, y'all really do try to just disrespect me. I feel that. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think, I was just going to say, I don't think he gets picked on or or criticized at all. I just think he gets cloned. Like, that's yeah. what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's it's not it's not like no constructive criticism at all. It's just like yeah, you yeah. Suck. yeah. <laughs> it's just the jokes for the timeline. Like it's like, geez, bro, you're not even trying to get a dude a chance. And and the and the thing about it, like I said before, whenever he has a good game, he be he be like you know he be like number four, number five trending on Twitter. As soon as he has a bad game. He'd be trending number one till till the next until the next game. <laughs> yep. Damn, Paul. But yeah, I mean that situation. Um, Marcus Morris was even like defending him. Marcus Morris, surprising. He's like, yeah, I just don't understand, man. He's blah blah blah. It's one of the that was Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marcus Morris chill. But my dickhead obviously it goes to Demarcus Cousins. I don't understand all this bullshit. He's one of the best players to ever lace him up. I was like, all right, all right, all right. DeMarcus clearly read our tweet. He's upset. He's mad at the media. <laughs> hey, man. Him. Hey, man. He played right next to Glass, man. He ain't say that about him. Glass, he play next to Anthony. Dave. Anthony Davis wasn't getting criticism yet. That's true. He wasn't. He wasn't with LeBron yet. <laughs> he only got that. He only got that playing with LeBron, and they didn't criticize him when he was winning. Actually, no, that's a lot. They were criticizing him the whole year before they got that ring. <laughs> Man was going out there scoring twenty eight. Why is he so shitty? What? <laughs> what, is, what are you talking about? He's leading the team in all categories, huh? How is Not he assist. the problem? Not assists. That's true. Anyway, um, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins, obviously, he heard the noise about his play. 
He just said, I just don't understand this media bullshit. I'm tired of y'all talking about my man, Paul George. You know how I agree with him. Yeah, whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with him, bro. We know you agree with him because whenever Paul George has a bad game, you don't say anything about it. You don't say a word about it. You say nothing. You act like he doesn't do anything. You're like, ah, man. You try to blame me for calling him. You're like, this is your fault for saying he's a superstar. I'm like, huh? You're his biggest fan. Is he not? Like, what? Like, can I not have the expectations? See, see, I can say you can't. It was as soon as you said it. Anyway, man, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed for Darnell and Toms with Demetrius. And uh, have a good one. Later. Triple D's deuces.